0: Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. I live in one of the major cities in Europe, and I'm a 17-year-old girl. This happened to me last night at a 16-plus rave that I had went to with some of my friends. I started chatting with a guy who turned out to be 22 years old, which already kind of made me suspicious as to what he was doing there. But nothing too weird, though. After learning that I was 17, he then told me that he really wanted to take me home with him which I just brushed off to him being on drugs. He had actually offered me a line earlier, to which I declined. Not only because I had already taken two-thirds of an ecstasy pill, but also because he was a stranger. While doing some dancing, he had made a move on me, but I brushed him off. After dancing for a bit next to each other, I asked him for a piece of gum, which in retrospect was a stupid idea. I was pretty out of it at this point, and my friends were nowhere to be seen, but I tried to watch what he was doing to the best of my abilities. He was taking an awful lot of time to take out the piece of gum. Joking around awkwardly about how he couldn't get it out, but his hand movements looked off. That's when I saw it. He had a powder on his finger, a baggie in his hand, and he crushed something in it. I immediately knew what was going on, and I confronted him. He got very defensive very quickly, his demeanor changing in a second. He somewhat angrily raised his voice at me, saying, What did you think was happening here, little girl? I just left to go dance somewhere else, but I realized quickly that I had to tell someone. So I went to the entrance to go tell the bouncers about the guy. Although they were nice, they weren't of much help and it felt like I had to pressure them to take care of the people they were responsible for. I gave them his description, and I even airdropped a screenshot of the guy's Instagram profile to one of the bouncers. After I left to go find my friends, he approached me again, switching from an apologetic behavior to a defensive one, I guess to try and convince me that he didn't do anything wrong. But I just stood my ground, and I told him off multiple times. When I went back to the bouncer, he actually told me to go get the guy myself and bring him to the exit, which I of course didn't do, because I didn't want anything to do with him. Who tells a 17-year-old to go get the guy who tried to drug them? I did eventually get home safely, and nothing else happened to me. But please, to anyone out there, don't ever take anything from a stranger, not even when you think you have it under control. I'm going to the police tomorrow, even though I know they aren't going to be able to do anything. I just want there to be a file somewhere that links them with this accusation, so that maybe another girl who isn't so lucky can have my story to back hers up. At the time this incident takes place, I was somewhere around an 18 to 19 year old female. This was around the year 2000 pre-Uber or Lyft days. I had an extremely fun friend that was a girl from high school. Her name was Anna. Anna was the kind of friend you would laugh uncontrollably with, and quite often, we would end up in detention together. Well, one Saturday night, I decided to meet up with her. During the time of the event, I was single, but Anna was dating. Her boyfriend had came with us on this night We all hopped in her boyfriend's car and we drove around a little bit, finally ending up at a bar slash dance club. This all takes place in Chicago, and if you know the right people, you could simply get in, no fake ID required. I absolutely love to dance, so as soon as I got on, I owned the dance floor, and I then got immediately picked up by a guy. His name is Boris. Being a teen, I had very limited funds. However, I thought Boris was a gentleman as he offered to buy me drinks the whole night. I believe he was 22 at the time, so the age difference wasn't huge. Boris was a big guy, like those strongman competitions big, bulky and huge biceps. This was attractive to me and we started drinking and dancing together. Soon enough, This led to some kissing. After a couple hours had passed, Anna's boyfriend wanted to go home. He acted as if he was on a mission, walking fast. I watched him grab Anna and then pull her towards the exit door. I quickly ran after them and then followed as they were my ride home. Once they got into the car, I was yelling, hey, wait for me, as I was crossing the busy street. Boris running after me, But when I reached their car, Anna's boyfriend purposely locked the car doors, then drove off. The car was literally right next to me one second ago, and now I'm watching the back of the car just driving off in slow motion. My stomach dropped, and I felt this sinking feeling. Here I was, ditched, stranded with no car, and buzzed. My personal belief was they got into a big fight and didn't want to deal with driving me home. Anyways, Boris saw the whole thing, was polite, and he offered me a ride home. I had no choice. At the time, I never thought I could call my parents. They would kill me. So we went back inside the club, and Boris started getting more aggressive with the kissing. Every time I tried to talk, he would force his lips on me, basically telling me to be quiet, no talking. I wasn't teasing him or leading him in line. It was just simply some kissing, no touching or grabbing. When I started feeling uncomfortable, I told him I wanted to go home. Boris was out with his friend, and Boris was the driver, meaning his buddy had to leave with us too. So all three of us got into the car. I was fine with it because Boris's friend was actually a lot nicer than Boris himself. We took off in his car, and I then saw Boris driving the wrong way. The car ride was a little long, almost like he was driving around in circles to spend more time with me. When we pulled up to a house that wasn't mine, I then asked what we were doing here. He said that we were dropping off his buddy, but was asked to help him carry him in. Boris's friend was also another big bulky guy. I know I wasn't much help, but his friend was pretty drunk, so it was mostly just Boris who helped him in. Once the door was opened, I saw that the house was completely empty and dark. Boris glanced at me, and he had the evil eye. The next thing he said was, Why don't you come on in? I sensed that if I went inside, he would get what he wanted, whether I wanted it or not. That's when I then started running in the opposite direction, away from the house, yelling, No way! Boris called me out and he promised to take me home right away, and he seemed very serious, so I decided to get back in the car. I saw Boris dragging his buddy back to the car as well. Once driving, Boris said he needed to sober up his friend, and therefore, we were all going to go get some food. At this point, it was about three to four in the morning. I realized Boris is stalling, and I'm starting to freak out. I had stopped all of his advances upon me a while ago, and I just wanted to go home. We then pulled up to a Taco Burrito King. When he parked the car, I had stared inside the restaurant's windows. I was relieved to see so many people in there. I had a plan in my head that I would simply get a ride from someone else. Once inside, I ran up to random people asking for a car ride home. But as I explained my situation, then I was trying to escape these guys, I realized quickly no one would say yes. All these people did was just glance at the two men I was with. As I mentioned before, they were big muscular guys and a quick no followed afterwards. This is when I truly felt like I was in danger. No one was going to help me. I needed time to think. So I then told Boris I had to go to the ladies restroom. Walking through the bathroom hallway, I saw an employees-only entrance. I pushed those doors open, and I stumbled upon the cooks and other workers. They then told me, Hey, you can't be in here. Looking around real quick, I spotted the back employees' exit door, and I then booked it out of there. Once I got outside, I found myself standing upon the dumpsters. I had a plan to avoid the busy streets in case Boris was going to come for me. So, I started running towards the backyards, that way I could hide. But, as luck would have it, one of the guys that I pled my case to inside the restaurant that declined me earlier was then leaving, and he opened his passenger car door, yelling for me to get in. As soon as I got in, I slammed the car door shut, and he put the pedal to the metal. During the car ride, this good Samaritan wanted to know what happened that night, I explained everything that happened, and I could tell he felt bad for me. The ride didn't take long, maybe about 10 to 15 minutes. Then I was safely home. I asked for his name, but my adrenaline rush was so high that I just wasn't able to absorb it at the time, and I can't recall. But oh my gosh, was I happy. I thank this saint all the time, and I'm super grateful that he was there at the same time and place that I was isn't that a good coincidence to that good samaritan out there if you're happening to be listening to this thank you for being my angel that night a couple of years later annie had called me and apologized for what happened that night she said she was in some sort of stem program for substance abuse and that she needed to make these forgiveness phone calls i forgave her and she did sound sincere however Her life is currently quite messed up, and we ended up breaking off ties permanently. Now as a mom myself, I try to explain that if there's any dangerous situation that my daughter finds herself in, that she can always call me. I don't even care what it is, or what time of the day or night it is. I will always be there for her. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption, but I need to thank today's sponsor, Uncommon Goods. If you want to avoid boring, basic, and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Here's a few of my favorite gifts that I found on their site. I personally like drinking coffee, and they have a couple of really cool coffee mugs. They've also got some silly games for your Secret Santa, so definitely consider checking out some of their items. I'd also like to add that whenever you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone, not just the same lackluster gifts you can just find anywhere. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com cannibal. That's uncommongoods.com cannibal for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're out of the ordinary. This happened about 15 years ago. I was in my mid-twenties, and I decided to hit up a club with a few of my friends. There were four of us that night. We were headed towards the outskirts of a pretty big nearby city. The outdoor club sat on a marina, near large expensive condominiums i was driving and i needed some gas around 10 o'clock we're at a gas station about five to ten minutes away from the club we had noticed a man pacing around the gas station there was something very strange about the way he lingered around the pumps, then towards the station's entrance the strangest thing was that we all noticed how odd he appeared We weren't the type of guys to really pay attention to that sort of thing. At the time, we were probably more concerned about getting primed up before entering the club. Anyway, though, we arrived at the club and stayed until it closed. I believe it was around 2 o'clock as we sat in a very long line of cars, attempting to exit the marina area. We listened to some music, talked about our night, and we gazed at the large condos to our left. We were completely stopped as we saw a man walking up the long line of cars. He stood out being the only one out of a vehicle. That's the guy from the gas station, one of my friends blurted out. We couldn't believe our eyes. Four hours later, he was approaching our car. He walked by each car, then stopped at my driver's side window. He motioned for me to roll it down, and that's what I did. "'Uh, what's up, man?' I asked. "'Do you guys want to go to a party?' He asked us with an odd expression. He had a really strange grin that made me pretty sure he was up to no good. I looked around at my friends, who seemed to be attentive to the man. "'Uh, what kind of party?' I inquired, partially to humor myself regarding what his answer may be. "'I have to admit,' I didn't really expect the answer he gave. He moved his head closer to mine, as his grin widened. It's right up there, he answered, as he then pointed high up towards the top of the condos. What kind of party is it? I asked again. His eyes seemed to latch onto mine. You ever heard of Hannibal Lecter? He mumbled, displaying the same grin. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. I then answered as I put my window up. I kind of just glanced around as my friends and I just shook our heads at one another. I seriously hope nobody was crazy enough to take him up on his offer. This happened about ten years ago. My group of friends and I had just turned twenty-one so we were all in the bar hopping and clubbing phase of our lives. We would literally go out Thursday through Saturday and drink and honestly get into drunken, ridiculous situations. On a random Saturday night, the group decided that we wanted to go downtown and hit up a few bars and clubs. This was a time before Uber and Lyft, so like the idiots we were, we jumped into any available car and drove ourselves there. We all parked in an underground parking garage, about 2 blocks away from the strip with all of the bars. We had a group of about 15 people, half guys and girls. Being 21 and broke, we had a bottle of liquor in the car, and we had all pre-gamed to save money. We all got into the club, and after about an hour, the girls in the club wanted to go back to the car and drink from the bottle a little bit more. They had asked me to go with them since usually a group of five girls walking downtown would attract a lot of creeps and weirdos. I was the only guy that decided to walk the girls back to the car. I live in a pretty big city, and usually you can avoid any bad situation if you knew where you were going. The one bad thing I always hated about going downtown is that every group of people who you usually don't see or run into also goes downtown to party. We finally got to the car with surprisingly no random hassle or some annoying drunk person bothering us on the way. We headed underground to where we parked. When we got to the car, all five of the girls jumped into the car and I ended up the odd person out because there was no more room for me to sit. I decided I was going to stand outside the car and smoke a cigarette while all the girls drank. They started blasting the music and taking swigs of the bottle with the doors closed while i was standing outside minding my business i hear someone say sup homie where are you from and if you know anything about street gangs it doesn't mean they're asking you about what city you live in but what gang you're in when i finally looked up my heart dropped there were five hispanic gangbangers walking towards me i grew up around different gangs so I immediately can tell if they were part of the Nortano street gang by all the red they were wearing. They all had a bottle of beer with them, and I could tell they were drunk. When the guy who was the obvious leader of the group got closer to me, he asked if I was a member of the Crib street gang. It took me a second to realize why he had asked me this. I looked down, and I then realized I was wearing all blue. Literally a blue hat, a blue flannel, and blue shoes. I was honestly just trying to match my clothes, and my dumbass didn't realize that I had actually dressed myself like a gang member. At this point, I was panicking inside. The bangers had surrounded me, and all the girls I was with were all inside the car drinking. Even if they did notice what was going on, a part of me really didn't want the girls to come out of the car because of what might possibly happen to them. I was just praying that the girls were seeing what was going on and that someone was calling for help on their phone i put my hands up and i was trying to diffuse the situation telling them i wasn't a gangbanger and that i didn't want any problems it didn't work the group was so drunk and i could see in their eyes that they wanted to hurt me the leader asked me again are you a crip and i just kept saying no and without even listening to my answer He responds back with, The crew put my homie in a wheelchair last month. And I just kept saying, I'm sorry to hear that man, but honestly, I'm not a gangbanger. After a few seconds, he looks me up and down and he then pulls out a screwdriver out of his bag pocket. When he did this, the rest of the gang did the same thing. I was now surrounded by a group of gangbangers with sharp screwdrivers all by myself. I literally thought to myself, so this is how I'm gonna die. Right at that moment, my best friend who was one of the girls in the car then hops out and screams, please don't hurt him, he's my brother. She was half El Salvadorian, so she spoke fluent Spanish. She was speaking in Spanish, trying to beg them not to stab me and also convince them that I wasn't a gang member. This goes on for about a minute with them not really saying anything just staring at me and my friend begging them. Right at that very moment, I then hear and see sirens of a police car pulling into the garage. The gang members saw this, and they all ran to get away from the police as fast as they could. Luckily for me, the girls in the car had seen what was going on the whole time, and they had actually called the police while I was being surrounded. My friend jumped out of the car to buy some time for me, when she had then noticed when they pulled out the screwdrivers. After everything calmed down, I really wasn't in the partying mood anymore and just wanted to go home. My best friend saved my life that night with her smart thinking. I will always be forever grateful for her. I kept telling her how she was my guardian angel and she would always just smile. Unfortunately, a few years later during a camping trip with everyone, My best friend who saved my life ended up passing away in a car accident on the way to the campsite. I miss her dearly, and honestly, I can still feel her presence sometimes whenever I get into situations that can end bad for me. I'm forever grateful to her.